When God gives you a word, the enemy is going to come after it and try to take it out of your heart. That's the first thing that happened in the parable of the sower. The devil's always after the words that God gives you personally. There's times you've got to put that word under lock and key and protect it. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. One of the great proofs that the Bible is the Word of God is its prophecies that have been perfectly fulfilled. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us this time. Today we're continuing our series, Courageous Living in Trying Times, taken from the book of Daniel. One of the things that has amazed me as I've studied this powerful book is just how specific Daniel's visions are regarding future events. One thing for sure, Daniel's prophecies required 100% accuracy or he would have been shunned. But he wasn't, because what he wrote came to pass to a T. In today's message, we're going to see Daniel predicting the rise and fall of specific nations, as well as his vision of an approaching abomination. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share part two of the message, A Ram, a Goat, and an Abomination. Now, I mentioned that last time that Alexander was an extraordinary military genius. He died at 33 years old. Can you imagine? He conquered much of the known world before he was 33. And there are two accounts of his final days and death, and both include over-drinking, slipping into a fever, and dying. He conquered the world, but he couldn't conquer himself. Folks, there's a real lesson here. He conquered the world, but he couldn't conquer himself. He was an alcoholic. And he drank and overdrank and overdrank. You read the history of Alexander. He got drunk all the time. He was a drunkard. He was a functioning alcoholic. But it finally got him. He conquered the world, couldn't conquer himself. The horn in Daniel's vision is broken. Four notable horns replace it. Four of Alexander's generals replaced him, showing the incredible accuracy of Daniel's vision from God. But it's not over. Now yet another player steps onto the stage in Daniel's vision. Verse 9, And out of one of them, one of the four generals, came a little horn, which grew exceedingly great towards the south, east, and towards the glorious land being Jerusalem and Israel. Now remember, I don't want us to get confused between the little horn in chapter 7 and the little horn in chapter 8 because they're not the same. In chapter 7, we're introduced to another little horn that came up, remember, from the midst of ten horns or ten nations or ten leaders of nations in the last days. And that was the Antichrist. Those ten horns are ten nations that evolve in the last days out of the ancient Roman Empire, symbolized by the terrible beast that so troubled Daniel. And that's what we looked at last time. But this is not the same little horn. This next little horn in chapter 8 is different because its origins are different. Instead of appearing in the midst of the ten horns of the Roman Empire, this little horn comes out of one of the four horns or generals 
that inherit Alexander's kingdom. So this little horn in chapter 8 is totally different from the little horn of chapter 7. And this is, again, exactly what happened, just as God showed Daniel. One of the four generals was named Antiochus the Great. And out of his family came a vile man named Antiochus Epiphanes. And he goes down in history as the first man to commit an abomination of desolation that we all are familiar with because of the prophecy of Jesus. Jesus said, when you see the abomination of desolation happen, you better head for the hills. And just a couple of decades after Jesus said that, the fall of Jerusalem happened. And they walked into the temple. The Romans did. And they desecrated the temple, committed the abomination of desolation, just like Jesus said would happen. But Antiochus Epiphanes is the first in history to desecrate the Holy of Holies, the inner sanctum of the temple of God. The name Epiphanes comes from a root name meaning madman, and it fits him. In chapter 7, we're introduced to the Antichrist who's yet to come. But here we're introduced to a type of the Antichrist in his actions and in his blasphemies. Antiochus Epiphanes was able by hook and crook to gain control of Syria, from which he began attacking other nations. Now let's read more about him because he is the little horn that arose out of one of the four generals, Antiochus the Great. So let's read more about him, verse 10. And it, the little horn, grew up to the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the hosts and some of the stars to the ground and trampled them. All right, let's take some of these verbiage, some of these words and phrases. The host of heaven, what does that mean? That he grew up to the host of heaven. It likely points to the Jewish priesthood who, by their continual attendance on God's service in the temple, were like the angels in heaven. Persons you'll see in the Bible, persons of principal dignity and of high offices are often called stars in the Scriptures. Remember when we went through the book of Revelation and in the beginning of the book, we saw that the stars that Jesus mentioned were the pastors of the churches. Amen. So there you have a principal person being called a star or a light giver. That's the idea. So a person in a high office, one of the offices of God, is supposed to be, should be, a light giver. I hope I'm shining some light tonight. Amen? Amen? So Daniel called them stars. And what does he say about them? They were trampled. They were murdered by this evil man, Antiochus Epiphanes. Daniel continues in verse 11. He, Antiochus, even exalted himself as high as the prince of the host. And by him the daily sacrifices were taken away by force. And the place of his sanctuary, God's sanctuary, capital H, was cast down. So what you got here, folks, is a man doing great damage to what is sacred, to what is holy, to what has been instituted by God. Now, again, you've got that phrase, he exalted himself as high as the prince of the host. What's the prince of the host? That's likely a reference to God himself because Antiochus Epiphanes removed the legitimate high priest of the temple who was representing God and installed a man named Jason in his place who was an ungodly pagan 
who set up heathen rites in God's temple. Again, let me point out, Antiochus Epiphanes is a spoiler. He's staining. He's defiling what God has established. Do you know the Bible says in the last days, people will no longer discern between the common and the sacred? Do you know that's happening in our day right now? People are no longer discerning between the common and the sacred. Epiphanes was this way. He didn't care that it was the temple of God. He didn't care that it was the Holy of Holies. He didn't care that the Shekinah glory of God had appeared in that inner room. But he defiled it. He trampled it. He disrespected it. He is a vile, anti-God type of antichrist man. He committed blasphemy by taking away the daily sacrifices that were made for the whole nation. And by forbidding worship in the temple, he forbade God being worshipped in his own temple. Daniel says, and the place of his sanctuary was cast down or cast out or rendered profane. So he's a type of antichrist. So it happened. This is exactly what happened, what Daniel saw. The temple was deprived of the honor and privilege that belonged to the holy place as if the walls had been thrown down which separated it from common ground. You know, I'm very aware, folks, for instance, when we come into this place to worship, in and of itself, it's just brick and cement and steel and, you know, carpet, and there's nothing sacred about it. But because we come in here to worship God, it is a sacred place. And I feel respect for this house. Because when you are here and we're worshiping the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, in spirit and in truth, it ceases to become common. And it becomes a special place. And your body, your body was taken from the dirt. But because you have this treasure in an earthen vessel, it is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And it's not any longer common. Yet you'll see a lot of Christians don't get a hold of that truth, and they continue to treat their body as if it were common. They involve themselves in the sins of the world, sins of the culture, and they don't realize that your body now holds the same presence that the Holy of Holies held when the temple was valid. God moved from the temple of the Old Testament to the temple of your body. So it's the temple of the Holy Spirit. So that means it's special. I can feel you guys thinking, ooh. Now, this also includes the profaning of the high priesthood, which Antiochus put up for sale. And he let utterly godless men have it. Whoever bought their way into the priesthood got into the priesthood. So that both the sanctuary itself and the priesthood were totally rendered profane. Now, Daniel continues with his focus on this wicked man in verse 12. So let's read about Antiochus a little bit further. Verse 12, because of transgression, an army was given over to the horn, that's Antiochus, to oppose the daily sacrifices. And he cast truth down to the ground. Remind you of America? Where's truth in America? Huh? There's no more absolute truth. It's all relative. Now, truth was cast down to the ground. He did all this and he prospered. So there was a season there when Antiochus got away with all this stuff, and that's what will happen with Antichrist. That's why he's a type of Antichrist. Antichrist will get away with his antics for seven years. Antiochus got away with his antics for a little over six years. 
He prospered so greatly in attempts against the Jews and their religion that he built a citadel in the city of David, placed a garrison of soldiers there to disturb and harass those that should come to worship God at the temple. It was persecution time in Jerusalem under this vile man. Now next, Daniel does what no false prophet dares do. He writes down the exact time this awful period of persecution will last. In verse 13, I heard a holy one speaking. Everybody say, that's probably Jesus. And another holy one said to that certain one, the first one, who is Jesus, who was speaking, how long will the vision be concerning the daily sacrifices and the transgression of desolation, the giving of both the sanctuary and the host to be trampled underfoot? How long is this hell going to last? That's what he's asking. And you got a holy one who's doing the talking, another one who asked the first holy one a question, and that's why I think it's Jesus, because a holy one is asking the first holy one who seems to have all the answers to tell him how long this hell is going to last. Only Jesus has the answers to that. Well, the first holy one Daniel mentions, I believe to be Jesus, the wonderful counselor who unravels mysteries. And this holy one Jesus replies with an answer. Look at this, verse 14. He said to me, for 2,300 days... Then the sanctuary shall be cleansed. The hell will stop and the sanctuary will be cleansed from this profanity and this defilement. Now, a year contains, as you know, 365 days. So how long is 2,300 days? It is six years, three months, and 18 days. Everybody say, God knows to the day. God knows to the day. What hasn't even started yet? This time period begins, the way we measure that is this way. We measure it by the first entrance of Antiochus into Judea because that's when the hell began, when he profaned the priesthood. And it includes his return a second time when he banned their worship, set up an idol in the temple. That was the abomination of desolation right there. And you know what it was? It was a pig. He put a pig in the Holy of Holies set up an idol in the temple, and he interrupted the daily sacrifice. So if you take when he went the first time and then went back the second time and you add it all up, history shows us it ended when a man named Judas Maccabeus invaded Jerusalem and drove Antiochus and his forces out. And when you measure the time, it was six years and some change. Just what God told Daniel what the Holy One told Daniel. Jesus told Daniel. Everybody say, He's a mighty God. Can you say it with me again? He knows the end before the beginning begins. I really want us to take this away when we study this book of Daniel, this powerful book of Daniel. Starting in the first chapter all the way through, we're seeing that God is the God of nations He's the God who raises up and puts down. And he's also the God who knows precisely when it's all going to come to an end. Gabriel interprets the vision. Now, Gabriel's going to come along and finally interpret all this for Daniel. I've interpreted most of it for you. So I'm just going to read along now as we come to the close of this. So let's just read. If I want to comment on something briefly, I will. Verse 15, then it happened when I, Daniel had seen this vision, and I wanted to know the meaning. I'm seeking the meaning that suddenly there stood before me one having the appearance of a man. 
And I heard a man's voice between the banks of the Ula'i, the river, who called and said, Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. Say with me, understanding comes from God. Verse 17, so he came near where I stood. And when he came, I was afraid and fell on my face. That's the only normal reaction when you see an angel. If you ever see an angel, don't tell me you dance with an angel in your bedroom. You didn't dance with any angel in your bedroom. Because if you see a real angel, you are hitting the ground. You are afraid. It is an awesome thing. So I fell on my face and he said to me, understand, son of man, that the vision refers to the time of the end. Verse 18, now as he was speaking with me, I was in a deep sleep with my face to the ground, but he touched me and he stood me upright. He was slain in the spirit and God had to pick him up in order to get the interpretation. And he said in verse 19, look, I'm making known to you what shall happen in the latter time of the indignation for the appointed time, the end shall be. It was true for Daniel's day and these nations that he predicted about, and it's true for the end of time as we know it. The appointed time, the end shall be. The ram which you saw having two horns of the kings of Media and Persia. The male goat is the kingdom of Greece. The large horn that is between his eyes is the first king. And who's that, everybody? Alexander. Alexander. As for the broken horn, who's that? Alexander. And the four that stood up in its place, his four generals. Four kingdoms shall arise out of that nation, but not with its power. They will never be as strong as Alexander was. Verse 23, and in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors have reached their fullness, a king shall arise, Antiochus Epiphanes, having fierce features, who understands sinister schemes. This guy is a sinister, diabolical schemer. His power will be mighty, but not by his own power. It's satanic. He shall destroy fearfully and shall prosper and thrive. He shall destroy the mighty and also the holy people. That's the Jews of his day. Verse 25, through his cunning, he will cause deceit to prosper under his rule. Wasn't that a dark day when deceit prospers? Isn't that a dark day when deceit prospers? When you can't find truth, deceit is prospering. And look what it says. He shall exalt himself in his heart. That's what Antiochus did. He shall destroy many in their prosperity. He shall even rise against the prince of princes. He'll rise up against and challenge God, which is what Antichrist that is yet to come will also do. But he shall be broken without human means. In other words, he will be broken without a remedy. When God takes you down, there is no remedy. Verse 26, and the vision of the evenings and the mornings, which was told, is true. Therefore, seal up the vision, for it refers to many days in the future. Folks, let me just pause there before we read the final verse. If we had been studying certain things in Bible prophecy 150 years ago, there were a lot of things they could not understand that we now can understand because some time has gone by. And sometimes you just have to trust God with His secrets. There are things that God can show you that you won't fully understand until some time goes by. If I can just insert this, when Kathy was diagnosed, God spoke to my heart immediately that night and said to me, I have a plan 
trust my plan. Just like that. Now, you know what? I don't fully understand what that means yet. But you know what? I will. He gave me a word. And now I'm doing what Mary did. It says Mary hid these things in her heart. The word hid there is so strong in the Greek language, it means under lock and key. She protected the word of God. She would not let an enemy get in and steal the word of God out of her heart. When God gives you a word, the enemy is going to come after it and try to take it out of your heart. He'll try to steal it out of your heart. That's the first thing that happened in the parable of the sower. The seed was sown and the devil plucked that seed off the ground before it had a chance to root. The devil's always after the words that God gives you personally. So there's times you've got to put that word under lock and key and protect it. And the time will come when what has been sealed up and you haven't fully understood will make sense to you. It refers to many days in the future. In verse 27, I, Daniel, fainted and was sick for days. Afterward, I arose and went about the king's business. I was astonished by the vision, but no one understood it. But, you know, isn't it cool? We understand it now because we're looking back. He was looking forward. We're looking back, and we can understand it now. Everything he saw has happened. To him, it was future. To us, it's history. But isn't it powerful how God knew exactly what was going to go down, how it was going to go down, when it was going to go down? So again, say with me, we learn from Daniel, God is the Lord of nations. He sees the end of something before its beginning begins. He puts down one leader and raises up another, and no man, nation, or devil can resist his will. What an amazing book of prophecies we have found in Daniel's writings. I hope your faith and confidence in the Bible are being strengthened as we see how Daniel's prophecies came to pass just exactly as God showed him. Now don't go anywhere because we've got some exciting things to share with you, our Life Talk listeners, you're going to want to take advantage of. Until next time, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. Now, here's our announcer. Isn't it great when things are a little easier? Like connecting to Life Talk Radio and Pastor Jeff on your mobile devices anywhere, anytime. Then here's great news. Now, Pastor Jeff, Life Talk Radio, and Turning Point Church are just a few clicks away with a new TPC Family app. With the new TPC Family app on your mobile phone or tablet, there are loads of helpful features to keep you connected in an easy and fun way. Watch Pastor Jeff streaming live on Sundays and Wednesdays from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Or watch on-demand videos from recent services you may have missed. Listen to Life Talk radio programs on demand, today's broadcast, or catch up on any of the great teachings from Pastor Jeff on past Life Talk programs. You can even help continue Life Talk Radio's outreach and impact on the nation with the gospel by giving securely online. Now you can even text your gift to Life Talk and the amount you would like to give to 30131. 
And you'll find contact information and directions to Turning Point Church, upcoming events, broadcast station listings for Life Talk Radio, and much, much more. Plus, the new TPC Family app is free and available on Apple or Android devices. To download the new TPC Family app, simply type in the keyword TPC Family as one word with no spaces in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and get connected. So what are you waiting for? Download the free TPC Family app today and make your life a little easier. A ram, a goat, and an abomination is the ninth message of Pastor Jeff's series, Courageous Living. You can own a copy of this 13-CD set for just $65 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Courageous Living, for only $65 plus shipping. By logging on to LiveTalkRadio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Music.